1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, Reporting is Eligible. I'm Paul Noonan, right for Acme Packing Company, Shepherd Express. Um, thank you all for joining us. Um, this is, I think, the, the first event podcast of the year. Usually two or three, um, depending on how good the Packers are. And that was just terrible. So um, we got a lot of questions, I think an unprecedented number of questions, and uh, happy to answer all of them. A lot of them are, why are you so bad, which is a perfectly fine way to go. Um, but, uh, yeah, super annoying, um, game all around, just nothing good to say about it. I hate games like that, especially when like, you can't even judge like strategy or anything like that because they just didn't put forth a good amount of effort and Aaron sucked and blah. We'll get to that. Anyway, um, j- joining me in, in urban Wauwatosa is as usual.
2: Hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee journal Sentinel. It's baseball season, right? Baseball season. This is a basketball town um volleyball was very good in this state university of wisconsin volleyball team and marquette university very good very good so these are the sports that are sent top of mind right now in the state of wisconsin and that is it. there are no other sports
1: completely agree couldn't agree more it's just um there's nothing there's why why bother with football honestly there's so much other things we can bother with so many good things and there's no need to to go down this rabbit hole led by a, a man bun weirdo who's playing quarterback and um,
2: uh, and that's the end of t- this week's podcast. Uh buy some yep. coffee from Appleton Coffee exactly. and uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We're done.
3: Man Bun Weirdo is the name of my new folk fusion band.
1: <laughs>
3: and I'm Matt, but you can call me Matt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Matt on an on a, an odd Midwest tour right now, not in Colorado, but in fact in Kansas.
3: I'm I'm, I'm currently in Moscow, Kansas. <laughs> so you've been That a- is a real so you've been in Real liberal City. Kansas and Moscow, Kansas? Yes. So today I was in Hugoton, Kansas, liberal Kansas, and I am now in Moscow. That's,
2: that's a lot of uh, government government misnomers going on there.
3: Amen okay. So, okay, Paul, you might be familiar with this. Do you know the area known as Michiana? Yeah, yes, I do. So, okay. Michiana is the couple counties in Michigan near the Indiana border, as well as the part of Indiana that's near the Michigan border. I'm currently in Kansahoma. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: sure you are'm <laughs> I'm, I'm okay yeah, I'm in Kansas roughly on the border of oklahoma
1: that's a, that that's fantastic Can, <laughs> I, I i had friends with ca- a cabin on the Michigan Indiana border growing up, and we would go there pretty often and it was always confusing because you could actually. Uh, it was so close that the time zone actually mattered quite a bit. Like you went across yes. the border to go to stores and stuff and you had to be very cognizant when you went from eastern to central that you were gonna be in the correct place at the correct time. So um those Well places... also
3: in Indiana for a time did not observe daylight savings time, which caused a lot of issues.
1: Yeah. Uh, doesn't Notre Dame still not? Isn't that a thing?
3: <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. I, think
2: it might I, I I went to college in northwest Indiana and we had daylight savings but it was likewise very confusing they they fancied themselves sort of a chicago suburb basically so that would be iliana i guess
3: uh, yes if if you are for far enough west in indiana they consider themselves east chicago yep
2: yeah pretty much pretty much so we we definitely rode with the central but uh you didn't have to go far to be in the uh the perimeter of the eastern time zone and uh, yeah that was it, it was confusing but I, I don't know what South if South Bend is still doing its own thing it, of course it, Notre Dame would be doing its own thing even if that's not true if you just totally made that up it's completely plausible <laughs> that Notre Dame who doesn't want to be in a conference would definitely be doing their own thing huh.
1: we have well our own where
3: browser. where I was at in Michigan you often spent like the closest mall was South Bend Indiana so yeah. like tough, tough out. Scene. <laughs>
1: uh, can we start with just talking about how you can't do what aaron Rodgers did over the course of the off season and then show up to camp and not play in any games and then get a stupid haircut and then do do a commercial where you just look like kind of a loser mumford and sons cover band um and uh then come out and play like that you, you, you can't do it because oh. then it then it like raises legitimate questions about your preparation level and and things of that nature and usually that's just nonsense sports radio people say, but like you, you, you can't show up being like a prima donna weirdo hanging out with your celebrity friends all summer and and then come out and basically not show up to the game. Like that's that's not acceptable. It's not a good idea. For a guy who seems very concerned about his legacy, it, it's a very stupid thing to do. <laughs> uh, and Aaron Rodgers deserves every bit of criticism he's getting this week. In fact, I think people are, are at least on Twitter, are praising his one good throw to Devontae Adams way too much. There's lots of like, Oh, Rodgers has still got it. Like, Oh, nobody can drop him in like Aaron, like ignoring all the 20 times he threw behind people in this game. Um, So anyway, mad at him. Aaron
3: Rodgers looks like a man who cuts grass at a senior living facility for a living.
1: (laughs) He kind of does. If you haven't seen, by the way, my, my brother, Daniel, um, Put together a nice, uh, a, a nice Twitter meme himself of Aaron Rodgers' man bun head on top of Mick Fleetwood's body on the cover of Rumors. Uh, I think it, that's that's Mick, right? Yeah, it, which fits just perfectly. So
3: just well. The done, iconic
2: Danny. Rumors cover.
1: Yeah, uh,
3: was, I, I believe cool. that is that is patron to the podcast. Yes, Danny Danny's a patron.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is Danny Noonan's best tweet. I maintain it's, it's quite, it's really glorious. Um, he has
3: wow, that did numbers,
1: man. It got uh, retweeted by a couple of big people um, like Harry Pavlidis retweeted it and some other people retweeted it. So it did well.
2: So here's, here's before I, I, I don't know how earnest this is. I know you're very concerned about the man bug, um, which is <laughs> I, I am. It, in every way. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I, I know that there's going to be some concern because he wasn't there for the, for the earliest parts of practice. And he does have some some animosity toward the organization like I, I personally have not yet crossed that valley where I'd be willing to suggest that he is less engaged in the Packers success and would love you know would doesn't necessarily care if he puts up numbers or if the team you know succeeds because he's, he's upset I, I I didn't even think about that to be honest even throughout the course of this you know even after that that, that game being what it was I mean, I also have a little bit of a problem with the, the sort of sentiment that, well, if they'd only played in their preseason game or if they'd only, you know, or if he had been more focused on football this year, like I, he has earned, in my opinion, over the course of time, the right to step away and go to freaking Hawaii and, you know, not have to be there for minicamp, which I still think was a backdoor good thing for the Packers to get Jordan Love the reps, right? So I'm not now going to change my tune on that and suggest, well, maybe he should have actually been more focused. I generally don't like that line of thinking that feels lazy to me. I think it's just possible that he was terrible. And in a way, honestly, that, that might be even more concerning. I, I, your mileage may vary. I think both are probably pretty concerning, but you know, that's the whole thing. The Packers are worried that at some point he's going to fall off a cliff. He is old. And at some point he's not going to be an MVP caliber player it's hard to imagine him going from last year to game one this year and having lost that touch or whatever. But that's, that's also, that's also something you can't just like shrug off. Like at some point he's not going to be great because he's in his upper thirties. Maybe this is actually the sign of something to come. There were a lot of problems, not just Aaron Rodgers, but like that, it, the, the it's hard to overstate how uncommon it was to see him that lost. Lost well, what, too strong, but
3: what year was it? Was it 2017? When Tom Brady like sucked out loud for four weeks, and then went on to win the Super Bowl,
2: could could be. Uh, there, yeah, I, I did a rundown at JS Online of all the the teams that had lost in Week One and won the Super Bowl. The Patriots are on their list, like I think three three times at least, and maybe four. Uh, actually, in two thousand three, they lost thirty one nothing to the Bills in Week One. I don't remember team that, that won game. like Five games <laughs> that year. But then in the last game of the season, they rematch, and then they beat the Bills 31 to nothing. Yep. So it was a complete inverse, and then they went the, won the Super Bowl, you know. But, like, they, these things do happen. It, it's it's okay to say that. They happen. They, they are allowed to get a slow start. It is now a 17-game season. These things do happen. It's just so uncommon to see Aaron Rodgers, everybody, but Aaron Rodgers be that bad. That was unusual.
3: Yeah. Hey, do you want to hear a tangential fun fact? Sure.
2: You're going to? As I tell my daughter when she asks me if I want to hear a fun fact, I will say this to you. You're going to freaking tell me, so just tell me the fun fact. Okay, Let's go. so
3: fun fact. The Vikings are currently number one in the NFC North because they lost by the least amount of points. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that overtime Always game. important. What is that called in, in soccer? Uh, is it just plus minus? When, when you're talking about goal oh, goal differential. Goal they got differential. the best goal differential.
1: Run differential, whatever. <laughs> ah, well, they are the... Uh, for a team that was number one in the league in offensive DVOA the year before, this was the worst ever first week for a team offensively in the DVOA era. <laughs> um, biggest uh, biggest decline from last season to this season. And uh, uh, one thing I would recommend people go and check out, um, Doug Farrar, who writes for Touchdown Wire, former football outsider, wrote a very long piece about how Aaron Rodgers struggles against uh, two safety looks and has a bunch of breakdowns. As to um, how good he is versus um, single high safety versus two safeties, Um, it's a pretty significant change from one to the other. Archon thought it wasn't, but he's wrong. Um, His pass rating against uh, uh, single high is 123.5 over the last X number of years. It goes down to 100 against two high. And um, part of what's thrown in there is a few games where he was okay, but should have been better. Uh, the the big one that Doug goes into is the Carolina game last year. And, you know Carolina's not that good. wasn't good that good last year. And the Packers actually struggled to score points against them, and they weren't terrible, but you know they were much worse than I think everybody thought they would be. And then they also go out against teams like the Buccaneers, who do this to them and get absolutely annihilated. And the Saints ran that this week, and uh, that is one of the primary reasons that Aaron struggled. It's a really good breakdown, especially in how kind of Aaron goes through his reads against it. Um, and how they take away his deep shots and his quick throws and make him go through a lot of progressions before they get to the mid tier stuff. And by then they got it all taken away. And how the counter to it is running the ball. And if you get behind, which the Packers did this week, um, you know sometimes you only get six carries against it, and that's <laughs> that's no good either. So it's a really good piece. It's very comprehensive. It's going to be the blueprint for a lot of teams against the Packers this year. So it's worth checking out just for that. And uh, it's a problem.
3: Wow. When has a defensive blueprint ever beaten the Packers before?
1: (laughs) Are you referring to the uh, the Denver game, the famous Carolina? I'm actually referring to
3: the Chiefs game in 2011. Chiefs game, and then okay, and then also the Denver game.
2: The Giants team in 2011 lost their first game, lost their first two games, uh, and then avenged both of those losses in the playoffs on route. And that was.
3: Because they watch the Chiefs film.
2: Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, also, that, good the
3: Cowboys. Here's another fun fact Paul's not actually sick. That's just how morose Aaron Rodgers makes him feel. <laughs> <laughs> I am sick enough that I had a COVID test today, but it was negative, so I'm fine. Congratulations. Thanks.
1: I'm not fine. I'm sick. Just not with that.
3: <laughs> well, congratulations on not contracting the plague.
1: Appreciate it. Um.
3: So let's talk about JT Gray. Let's
1: talk about JT Gray um i've had a lot of people saying maybe the saints aren't that bad maybe this loss won't look so bad in a couple months and it's possible the saints aren't that bad but this version of the saints is definitely that bad they were missing half their <laughs> team as we went over last week and i have jt gray's ras card pulled up on the rundown right now because he played a ton of snaps at cornerback um, so they had Marshawn Lattimore who covered a lot of guys but mostly Devontae adams They were missing Ken Crawley, their number two corner, and Bradley Roby, who they just traded for, is out because he's suspended for week one. And uh, so they were going with all undrafted free agents, which J.T. Gray is. He is a uh, Mississippi State corner in the 2018 draft. (laughs) And um, he had a really good game against mostly Alan Lazard, which is not great. Um, and the, the third round pick who I don't have his Raz card up right now and his name escapes me. Um, he has a really good Raz and apparently is okay. And so he took out MBS for most of the game and got the interception, but like they're playing with their fifth and sixth string corners. You know, this is, <laughs> we got Kevin King running out there number two and the saints were down to, you know, the guys three down the depth chart from that. And still shut down the passing game. So that's it's ridiculous that they were unable to score points. They scored three points against a bunch of UDFA's. There's a bunch of Darius Gunter people running out there, and they just shut them down. So um, I, I will I will be, not bear the the Saints are actually good because the Saints they might be good later, but this team should have been easy pickings.
3: J T Gray has a seven oh three three cone No, is that, no, that good for? For frame of reference, uh, a more than seven second three cone for a cornerback is—it uh, would be like if a offensive lineman ran an eight second three cone. <laughs> it's really bad. It's very bad. It's incredibly and
1: bad. We don't need to credit the stance. If you go watch Aaron play, he kept throwing the ball behind people over and over and over again on all the easy mesh routes that are there. He was missing guys. It...
3: Like, imagine you have a mesh route to Devontae Adams who has a full step on the corner behind him. And then you throw it directly into the corner's hands.
1: Yeah. It's this kind of stuff we usually see out of trash quarterbacks in the NFC East and um, not out
3: of Aaron Rodgers. So it was, have you seen, you seen the preseason takes? uh, I've seen. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them, the the joke preseason takes. No, I've
1: not seen the joke preseason takes
3: they shortened the preseason by one week and extended the regular season by one week and did not tell the Packers. Ah, nice. (laughs) So so that was just preseason week four. I dig it. Um, JR seems sad.
2: <laughs> I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you be? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out. Joe Gray should have been the one who got the big contract after the game, and not Marshawn Lattimore, maybe. Uh, but, uh, and and we like I contend it, and it's true. They have a lot of good talent on that defense, and the linebackers really showed up. That tomorrow Davis is very good. He is. Their their, their line plays fine. Their cornerbacks were depleted as hell, but you know the <laughs> the quarterback wasn't in in a groove by any means. So. Like it's not it's not surprising to me that the offense struggled at times. It's just just surprising to me that they couldn't string together anything. And then they finally do, and they you know they 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 make mistakes that that short circuit drives and stuff. And like I mean, the defense is a whole separate can of worms. But you know when when a Packers team scores three points, that's always more concerning to me. The defense historically has always had its moments, especially when Kevin King is on the field, where you feel like eh, that was definitely a bad performance. But when the offense can't score more than three with Aaron Rodgers healthy and under center, that to me feels like an outlier that, that you know, is is definitely a red flag. It's yeah. it's it's still relaxed territory, but it's – So
3: Rodgers throws two picks. One is underthrown, and one is so overthrown it overdoes his underthrow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> On average, they're fine.
3: Yeah, so he averages out to throw in a touchdown. Yep.
1: But this does not happen all the time. Like, they don't score three points, like, ever. They, they, their low last year was 10 against Tampa, who was awesome. And the previous year, that that awesome 49ers team that made the Super Bowl, they, they scored eight against them, which is its own kind of weird. Um, and, and they had a 10-3 win over the Bears. But, you know, the Bears have a good defense, and everybody copies Fangio now. It's not unprecedented. This team, this is not – it's an okay defense. It's, like, probably average better than average. Yeah. Scoring three against them is disturbing. It is in it. A lot of times these kinds of losses are harbingers that you're not actually as good a team as you think. Like great teams tend not to get blown out by non great teams. It does not happen that often. People keep pointing out oh, T- um, Tampa lost 38 three just last year to the Saints. But the Saints were awesome last year when they were fully loaded and had Michael Thomas and Jared Cook and a bunch of great starters on defense and had the number one defense by DVOA. Like, that's different than losing to this Saints team, 38-3. It's very, and, very and different. Not that,
2: not that I know the, like, ins and outs of that, but the whole thing about bringing back, running it back with this team is that all the offense is intact. All the same players are there. You know, at least Tampa last year, granted, it's the one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest of all time, but, like, you're still talking about something brand new that you got to work out some kinks with. With the Packers, this should have been, like, it should have been like riding a bike, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like they should have chemistry already. They've been doing this for a very long time. That I don't know what the excuses are, other than just being cocky and I don't know having the varsity blues problem. Like that's all I can really think of.
3: Hey, I have an idea. Let's put Kevin King out as cornerback number two against a guy who throws deep. All right. uh, what do you What do you guys think? Uh, I think it's I'm a sorry, terrible idea. Did you think idea. you
2: should? Did you think you should put him in at CB2 for a guy who throws shallow? Like, I don't I see mean, the at, reason at least, to distinguish.
3: At least Kevin King plays so far off that if a guy throws shallow, he won't give up.
2: <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. So he gets burned in the short term as opposed to down the field. That's fine. As, as
3: opposed to getting bombed. How many still, times was uh, King uh, targeted on touchdowns? Uh, what was that? How many times was King targeted I on touchdowns? Twice. I think two mm. of them.
1: Definitely the, the mm. Harris bomb was him for sure. Where he fell down, that was great.
3: So my my favorite quote from the weekend belongs to Zach Rapport of uh, the, oh, what's his new podcast name? Oh, the Unpacked po- podcast. Name. The Unpacked podcast. That's it. Um, thank you he, for remembering. He said that that Kevin King is a scorpion and the frog situation at this point. Oh my gosh! Because you know what you're getting when you put Kevin King out there. So can you really <laughs> blame him for sucking when you know he sucks?
1: That is that's great. That's perfect. That is in fact what that story is about
2: <laughs> and and you know what it comes back to what we've said about him like it's not in a way it is not his fault that injuries have sapped his ability to do great things it is not his fault that he is in this situation where packers nation hates him because of where he was drafted that is not his fault but like the team just loves him right it's like uh it's like the brewers with k-rod although k-rod was pretty good like why do they keep going back to him you know i i do trust the packers brass in talent evaluation yes they've had misfires but like Kevin King showed you what he was all last year yep. and you brought him back. In and then he showed you game one, exactly what you saw last year. I, I never understood it. You said it like, sure. You bring guys back for continuity or whatever. If they're good, if not, if they don't give you what you want, it's the Brewers bringing back UDS Betancourt. They brought there you him go. back. There was no other option. He is the uni,
1: have... He's the uni of this team for sure. That
3: I'm sorry. Did you, did you say Nuno Betancourt? You know, court guitarist? <laughs> Matt. The guitarist for the band Extreme. No, I know you don't do More baseball. Than
2: but... what? Wait,
1: Uni is the sorry, most famous 62, bad right? baseball player, maybe of all time. I, I I think there's a good chance that's true because Joe Posnanski wrote about him so much. But he he uh he's fun. He he played shortstop um badly. He's a little portly um and he kind of hit for power, but he did everything subtly badly. Except for hit for mild power, um, although he is a brewer legend because he had a good playoffs, so I'll t- I'll still take that.
2: Was is Extreme the one with Gary Sharon?
1: That's Gary Sharone,
3: yeah. Van, Van yes. Halen's Gary Sharone yep. is extreme.
2: Bounce to Van Halen for an album or two. I don't know. Also,
3: the, the everyone remembers Extreme for more than words, but do you want to play is a banger. I remember them for their
1: music, so I don't know. Well, ha ha
3: ha do you want to play a uh, featured in Bill and Ted's excellent adventure? I so, know is that. A, is a phenomenal song. Do you, it's very, it's a good song. Go so listen that, to one it.
1: thing that I think will come out of this game is that a lot more people will try and hit Aaron Rodgers in the balls, which oh, <laughs> I, I could go a couple different ways. I mean, um, on the one hand, maybe motivating, but on the other hand, you know, could be debilitating too. He didn't play well after that. And uh, now that he's let that out, I think that they'll be gunning for him.
3: I, I thought this was going to be a uh, FHRITP reference for a second. No. Sorry, it spelled it's, on the podcast old, while I was looking at numbers and it went
1: right through. It's an old
3: it's an old internet adage where this guy would uh, jump out into a live newscast and, and say an explicit phrase <laughs> that I'm not going to repeat. But if you Google FHRITP. You will get your answer.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> fair enough. We'll do that later. Not I've had. Right now. I've had. I'm many, not going to do that.
3: I've had many bourbons. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> that explains a lot.
2: And and maybe so did Aaron Rodgers as he went on the Pat McAfee show to explain that the first interception he threw was totally because he got what was the what was the terminology double double nut shot? Is that oh, what he called it? I think it was double nut shot. I think that's right.
3: Well, I yeah, mean. That, Look, man, the dude is my quarterback, and I want to hit him in the balls. Like,
2: it's the man bun. Yep.
1: So I did. No, it's your not. Picture the, it's not it. the it man does look bun. It like it's legit that he actually did get at least tapped, and that's all it takes. So. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah.
3: Okay. If you get a good hit in the vast like you're gonna crap your pants. Jesus
2: Christ! Why are we saying the words vast on this podcast? Um, do you think? So, so part of my stance, which I can rant about later, about people being way too focused on the freaking preseason games. Um, part of my stance is that there's just no scenario, no universe where the Packers win this game. Do you think, though, that there was a player or two that actually could have swung things? I mean, that interception comes to mind. But, you know, also the, the zadarius Smith hit, maybe. I mean, at that point, things are getting out of hand. But do you think the Packers could have theoretically bounced back into this,
3: or is there just no sign of hope? No. When is the last time the Packers bounced back into anything that they were getting the shit kicked out of them? That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, somebody ran the numbers on Twitter. I, I think it was... Well, um, oh, it was
2: the first game a, a couple years ago when Aaron Rodgers was resurrected from death, uh, Chicago Bears, uh, leading off the season, right?
1: Yeah, they won that one with the drugs. That was good. But uh, I think it was Zach Cruz who Money! The, in the LaFleur era, their average margin of loss is 17 points a game, which is, is weird, um, but not great. And they don't come back on things very often. And I don't think there there's not one or two plays here. I think this is a game where your sort of philosophy is exposed, or your talent level, but they got no pass rush. Um, Rashawn Gary was okay. He had five hurries in this game, but Zedarius had one and was basically a non-factor. Preston had one and was also a non-factor. Both of them failed to set the edge properly on numerous occasions. And more than anything, I think they maybe need to invest a little bit more in their defensive line, who just got blown off the ball time after time after time. Um, Did you
3: see what, what Justice said in Slack today?
1: Um, I saw a lot of things. What specifically?
3: Ju- Justice Mosqueda, uh film grinder, football extraordinaire, said after watching the film, he believes the Packers are playing a 3DT front with only one real NFL DT. <laughs> I
1: think that's legit. I think that's true. Like I, we said last, I think the theme of this season might be, I'm sick of Dean Lowry, and I am just sick of Dean Lowry. I, I saw... Uh, in the comments on his Twitter post today, some fans talking about, well, it's not Dean Lowry's job to rush the passer. I-, I saw that a lot. I'm like, no, it is. He's not a run stopper. <laughs> it- it- that's all he was signed for is he had like a couple sacks. He had like a Kyler Fackrell type sack season, and that got him paid, and not good. But yes, they're very light up front where you can't be light. Uh, the-, the But back to uh, Farrar's article really quick. Uh, the way that the sort of Staley Fangio offense works now is super neat, which uh, it, it is a, a spreadsheet nerd type person's kind of dream defense. Where um, it's what Dom Capers and to a certain extent Mike Patton try to do. They, they dare you to run. They they give this big old shell to stop the pass, and um, the the two deep sa- the two deep safety weakness is that it's a light box, which you can theoretically run against. But they bring basically random people on run slash pass blitzes to fill gaps that are missing Um, never give you any inclination of where it's coming from or who's going to be doing it and so that's what they use to stop the run but part of it is also daring you to run which is less efficient than passing and if you can do it effectively super effectively you kind of have no choice you're going to be playing into their hands and uh, you know taking the ball out of Aaron's hands and um, there's no real good way to attack it Uh, at least without way better talent than the Packers have if you get behind, you're just sunk. That then you then they can just play that shell the whole time and make you pass and make you dink and duck and dare you to do something dangerous, and uh, you know that's that's kind of all there is to it. So th- this is one where they got out out they got out efforted for sure, but I think they also got out schemed pretty hardcore. And it's not a one play thing. This was getting outsmarted and they would have needed a fundamental re-understanding of what they were attacking to to actually fix this. I'm not sure that that's in them. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not honest here what to do other than try and load up heavy and run a whole bunch or something like that.
2: There are two plays that stick out to me on defense that are emblematic of this game. They're both in the first half. One is probably referring to kind of what you're talking about. The play where Jameis has all day, like I, I think most people will know what I'm talking about, all day. And he had to throw it away. I mean, it was good coverage down the field. Yep. But just the complete lack of pass rush on a play. And again, we talked about the Saints. Saints line is good, but, like, nothing after five, six but it's, seconds. But it's not,
3: it's not six seconds good.
2: No, correct. Because no line should
3: <laughs> And then there
2: is a play where it's a, it's a short throw to Alvin Kamara. They need, like, two yards for a first down. Kamara, it was a bad throw. Kamara catches it off balance. He is stumbling. I think it's Devondre Campbell in pursuit and just can't catch up to him. And and, and this, is, this isn't Alvin Kamara running full speed. It's him tripping down the field. Campbell just is slow to get there, and he ends up getting the first down. And that felt like, I mean, that was the first half for me, is these, like, the, the, the dinking and dunking, the short, like, third and six, third and five, third and four, and converting all of them. Yep. Not having a chance to get off the field. I, I don't understand why that was. That that felt like scheme to me. I mean, it might just it might just be talent. What I'm describing with Campbell, that's just, like, he just wasn't fast enough to get there, even though Kamara was tripping all over the place. And he, he got that first down, moved the chains. He was so, bad uh, he's a bad signing.
1: He's a slow inside linebacker, and he played like one. So that checks out. But yeah, I think that's right. They, they just had a lot like last year. No ability to generate sustained pressure. And that's going to get you killed by pretty much everybody. <laughs> Certainly Jameis Winston, who, you know, if you pressure him, you'll create some turnovers. If you don't, he will absolutely pick you apart. That's the Jameis book. It's not that complicated. <laughs> I'm 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 now very worried about the defense too. Like I thought maybe they would be able to survive Joe Barry. I thought maybe, if, you know, you get you get Stokes in there, you get a little talent upgrade, maybe you change your philosophy on how we blitz. You get, but no, this is this is just bad. He's bad. Our our podcast about why he's bad is going to be a great all timer that we can throw out there pretty much every week. Um, it's it's not good. Very bad. Also, what the, what is with Eric Stokes not playing at all in the preseason, as if he will be a starter, and then getting nine snaps in this game, and also getting a pass breakup on one of them, which is more pass breakups than Kevin King got playing the entire rest of the game. Like, what do they think of him? Do they think he's good? Do they think he's so bad that he just doesn't deserve any reps at all? Like, what are they doing? There's no cohesive, like, there's no plan there. It Doesn't make any sense.
2: And to me that's the one of the all-time questions in this game because like you said that that illustrates that maybe that people aren't all on the same page which by week one you gotta be i mean that's that's crazy how how did he not get preseason snaps the guy needs them right yeah and uh but no okay well maybe they're protecting him to start nope he's, he's not gonna play it's gonna be kevin king all the time so
3: just bizarre so uh aaron Rodgers passer rating was 32.8 which which is uh, worse than if you throw every pass into the ground.
1: Yep, the old interception passer rating without any other efficiency.
3: Just awful, mm-hmm. just terrible. It's the fourth time in his career he has thrown for less than a forty passer rating. Sure. Fun fact.
1: Very <laughs> yeah. fun. Very fun fact. <laughs> Very fun fact.
2: This My is legit. is wearing off. This is legit. One of the worst. I mean, it's. It's not a big deal because it's week one in a 17-week season. I maintain that's true. But this was a team – this is a team that came in. I mean, they've gone to -to back-to-back NFC title games. Like, this is their last shot with Aaron most likely. How how, This is going to be one of the most demoralizing losses in the building that they've had in a long, long time. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you come to work the next day and think, oh, things will be fine. We'll figure it out. I I would be – Every every red light would be would be going off right now at uh, inside the Don Hudson Center.
3: Hey Aaron, remember how you spent four months acting like a huge super douche in the media and then got absolutely shellacked by a depleted mediocre team? I remember.
1: Yeah. And it's just so much of this is what was wrong last year. Like, well you gotta fix the pass rush. It was bad last year. Oh, nope, still bad. You have to fix your second corner. It was bad last year. Got you beat in a championship game. Oh, same guy. Maybe he's better under a new coordinator. Oh, nope, same old stuff. Hey, your quarterback who held out, maybe he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. The offense will be humming like nothing. You gave him you gave him Randall Cobb. He should all be out. No, he sucks. Uh, it's bad. Um, we all complain about their receiving depth. Maybe those guys will show up. No, they didn't. Uh, Robert Tonyan dropped a goddamn ball um, after not dropping one <laughs> since he was a, a rookie early on. Um and uh my favorite stat that I read about Marquez valdez gatling last year, um had only one reception that went for less than five yards and it was a touchdown. And he had two of them in this game. He had a three-yard reception and a four-yard reception. So um, and
3: and also spoiler alert, neither of them went for touchdowns. No, neither of them went
1: for touchdowns. <laughs> That's incredible. And, and you know MVS had that great preseason. He showed up this week and a lot of it was Aaron's fault. But he caught three of eight targets. He was involved in one of the interceptions, though it definitely was not his fault. That was completely Aaron's fault. Uh, and just couldn't make anything happen with the ball in his hands. So um, I think, oh, and we also got a BS pass or uh, roughing the passer penalty. So we really checked all the boxes for what, what Packer things can go wrong for people. It, it, was, it was a tour de force of incompetence and um, stereotypical bad defense.
2: Yeah, to me, the only winner was Mike Patton. Yeah, Mike Patton looking pretty good right now.
3: What, what do you mean the Bears lost?
2: Yeah. So uh, you're right. I, I And that is actually the only silver lining, that everyone in the NFC North also sucks. Thank goodness.
3: Everybody of, sucks. So I really think that it's not time to panic yet. Maybe it's the multiple bourbons in my veins. Maybe it's the fact that we're about to play a shitty Lions team. Panic after next week if there was. <laughs>
2: yeah, because because don't you reevaluate now? Like if they can get beat that badly by a New Orleans team that we still think is fairly mediocre, you can't you can't take off the table that they're going to be in a dogfight with the Detroit Lions on national television at Lambeau Field. Yep. And maybe maybe they win by six touchdowns and all is all is right again. But like maybe we're,
3: we're, we're, maybe can't Jared say it. Goff maybe Jared Goff goes thirty five for forty for four hundred and sixty yards and three touchdowns. I mean
1: I'm more worried about that than I was before. Uh, the, all the Lions did in that game. Was throw to the running backs in Hawkinson. That, that's that was their whole offense. The, re- the receivers were absolute
3: trash for them. Well, I mean, but the, the Packers are bad against those Their third wide people. receiver is literally like their third wide receiver is Jr. Like I'm <laughs> available. Just, he would he would probably be wide receiver four on the Lions team. Yeah,
1: it's, it's real bad.
3: But like the Packers
1: no, are vulnerable. You know what, though? Just
2: throw it the, to me because Kevin King's going to give me some yards. So just throw it to me. <laughs> And then I'm just gonna like duck when I get the ball and pray. There you go. But uh, but hey, that's that's still effective.
3: Who wins in a 40 yard dash? A prime Kevin King or Jr. Fresh out of bed?
2: Uh, like, dude, let's calm down here. <laughs> I know Probably we don't, Jr. I know
3: that's... we
2: don't. Li- I know we don't like Kevin King, but like, come on, come on. If I, I can't even, I need like I need like 25 minutes of recovery time after a 40 yard dash. So let's let's
3: stay calm. Here. You guys want to do questions? I can't beat anybody. We got we got,
2: we got so, so many. We have to do them.
3: Okay, I, I got to interrupt. I got a question from uh, Patreon member Danny Noonan. Oh, God. Do you, this Patreon oh, member. Why? Patreon member here. When is Paul going to admit it and accept that JR was clearly already accepted about MPB?
1: What? I don't understand the question. When, when is me.
3: Paul just going to admit it and accept what JR has clearly accepted about MPB?
2: MPB.
3: Yes, I, don't, I was assuming that one of you guys would know what that meant.
2: Oh, hold on. Let's Google. Let's Google and we see what. It...
3: Google did not help.
2: Oh well, is it? Does it have so Oh, it's male pattern baldness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. This is a like podcast. People in theory don't know what we look like. Yeah, we can all look Matt, like Brad Snapchat.
1: Pitt. I mean, I don't. I don't hide the the head up there. It's pretty out there. So whatever.
3: Oh my gosh. Okay, so this this was Danny being mean to you. I but, apologize. Uh,
2: you have got to stop taking pictures of us and <laughs> posting them in the middle of this podcast. I am not prepared for this shit. <laughs> Jesus.
3: Oh, so beat me to it, man.
2: <laughs>
1: You're not allowed to drink and do this anymore. I'm sorry.
3: Oh Man, I'm in the middle of frig nowhere, Kansas. All right, let me have a
0: couple <laughs> drinks. and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: All right. From Google, from Google to JGoogle. So just how important was it to have Randall Cobb there on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs>
3: he had, he had what, 10 stamps? Does so, he have any
1: targets? Uh, he, uh... He was important because he was a good confidence builder for Jordan Love in garbage time, who hit him on a very nice crossing pattern as he was going out. or was that Amari Rogers? Am I mis- mixing them up?
3: I think it was Amari Rogers. Oh
1: shoot! <laughs> then never mind. He was pointless.
3: <laughs> really? I, I know. With, I thought
1: with Cobb had one one good one, and I thought it was from Love. I'm gonna go find that. With with
3: Aaron Rodgers, Randall yeah, Cobb catch for thirty-two. Uh, I'm right. Okay. So, but with Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb had 10 snaps, and I believe he had like four targets for one catch or something. Mm.
1: Anyway, it, it I would... mean, it certainly didn't help Aaron play. So, <laughs> and he didn't help the team except maybe in development. So, yeah, not great. Yeah, caving this is a to question Aaron, we not answer. looking great right now. Lots of caving we... happening. It's maybe not so good.
2: I think you answered this question in Week Nine when you know how good this team is and if Aaron Rodgers is in fact going to play back at his MVP level. Because yep. if he is, then okay, yeah, he, it was important he was there because uh, they're eight and one now. But uh, if they're you know through five hundred, maybe it's not important. Oh man, they'll never they'll never let Jordan Love make any decisions now if uh, if, if this <laughs> this goes south. Um, Alex lamers asks where would you rank this game on rogers all-time worst performances He had a couple three interception games early in his career but I don't think they were worse than this this is uh I
3: think top three bad yeah, it's real
1: bad uh, it's definitely top three we've kind of mentioned in passing some of the other bad ones the we've figured out the offense on um, games but yeah this is pretty awful um if, if you wanted to argue that it was one I wouldn't really blame you because a lot of his other really bad performances have come against, I think bona fide good defenses. He hasn't had too many stinkers against, um, you know, averagey teams before. And this is it's pretty terrible. So um, I'll, I'll go top three for sure. And with a good argument that it's his worst.
2: You know, if you contextualize it with the whole, uh, the, the off season situation, you could, you could just put it up at number one, whether or not it matches up statistically. Like good point. this was, if this was going to be a prove it moment for Aaron Rodgers, it, it did not work out. <laughs> not that he needs to prove anything per se but just like if you wanted to you know come back and show I didn't I didn't need to be there I, you know I, I can I can have these problems and it won't affect my game well, we'll
1: I think he does need to prove it and if if you want to be extra worried his his CPOE which just kind of measures how good you were against what an average quarterback would have done throwing the same passes was the fourth worst of the week and it was basically tied with Ben Roethlisberger who is you know an old man on the way out um, kind of like Rogers. Will ben Jesus. Roethlisberger
3: was on the way out two years ago.
2: I can't believe he's still playing in the end I, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can't believe it. Yeah. Well, I can't
3: okay. It. They, they would have saved. They would have saved nineteen million on the cap if they cut him.
2: They Why is he still cut playing? Him.
3: Why didn't they cut him? That's stupid. Why is he still playing? <laughs>
2: He's beloved. He's beloved. Doctor Hillbilly asks over under on the end of the Kevin King experience. How many more games will I have to yell at the television at his busted coverages? I would say that it should have already been over. So, like, I don't think we can we can trust the Packers to move on here. Why, why didn't they do it already?
3: We are the frog. We have been stung and we are dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at some point, I mean, here's the question: They should move to Stokes, and they will either do it because they acquiesce and realize he's better. Or they will do it because the season is over and they need to get rookies on the field to see what they have. So one of those is good and one of those is bad. Um, I, I'm not sure what's going to come first. Uh, I will still I'll go with week three uh, or uh, week three being the the end of a lot of things and week four being when we start to see a couple of changes happen. So
3: who's who starts a game first? Eric Stokes or Justin Fields?
1: Uh, Justin Fields.
3: So uh, I I predict Justin Fields starts week four.
1: I think Justin Fields starts week three. Okay, I, I think wow. he will. I think Justin Fields will be the starter for Chicago by
3: halftime next week. That's you can't start at halftime. That's almost starters no, 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 work. He, he,
1: by the by halftime next week. Justin Fields will be on the field, and everybody will be saying, no. "Here's the changing of the guard." Andy Dalton's done, and obviously he's starting next week. That's what will happen. Not
3: ne- next next week is the the Bears Bengals game and. Dalton's gonna light it up against the Bengals.
1: No, he's not. He's he's not good. I, he's bad, and it doesn't matter that he played he, with for them before. But that. revenge
3: game and rhetoric and those things. Uh, I take Je- a, I, I take offense at PJ Wessel's question.
2: Jesse Genogen asks, "How? What, this is for you, Matt. What would you recommend I drink to forget that ever happened?" Yes, yes, that's correct. <laughs> what
3: what is what is brown and strong? No, no, no.
1: That's not. If you're drinking to forget, you wanna drink vodka because vodka gives you less of a hangover than a lot of other things that will get you drunk enough to forget things. If you drink I enough see, to whereas forget of whiskey, it will hurt you much worse.
3: I, now, re- I recommend drinking something brown and strong to bring on the pain. No because that pain will begat the pain of this game.
1: Yeah, no you I shouldn't know you drink were. to forget anyway, but if you do, you wanna you wanna be you wanna be smart about it.
2: Uh, another alex lamers question i was curious to know when the last time an eventual super bowl champ lost one of their regular season games by 35 points with their starting qb available and it turns out last year really enough the buccaneers lost to the saints we did mention this uh championship confirmed right or to put it a little more seriously how much do you chalk up to rust versus problems that are likely to persist all season none <laughs> <laughs> yeah um
1: i think that this will persist um and that there will be a bit of a blueprint not everybody can run the kryptonite for the packers so it's not like they'll just get destroyed every time but i think they're going to have really a tougher offensive road this season than they did last season by a pretty significant amount so yeah and uh yeah like like we mentioned earlier the 38-3 last year is different than this 38-3 this is much worse so yeah
2: all right so back to the question from pj vessels that offends Matub Number one, no more lifting competitions from a tub during games now, right? Number two, is it a good thing to have the Lions at home next week, or could it be a game where mistakes aren't really fixed because they don't need to be fixed against Detroit?
3: Okay, as for part one, the Packers were losing terribly before I took my first squad. All right. <laughs> okay. So, so I, we'll allow I, it. I I did not jinx the team. They sucked before I started.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, fair.
3: Um, no, number two, is it is a terrible thing to have the Lions at home. Because if they win, they're supposed to win, yeah. and if they lose, that just means that they suck as bad as we think they do.
2: But this is the Eastern Michigan problem for the for the Badgers. Yes, that's true, 100 percent true. But also, like after that, they absolutely need to get something working, just to just to just to get it back. You know, like I, I'm not a big believer in like momentum or whatever, but you've got to you've, you've got to show that you can do it. Um,
3: if, if the Packers if the Packers lose to the Lions at home next week, is it worse than U of M ranked losing to Appalachian State?
1: Yes.
2: No. It's not.
1: It is too. They're
3: trying to lose.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, I I don't know. I I, 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 it's I don't. Not good. I, how no. about that? The Detroit Lions still have some NFL players on that. So
3: roster. remember how we were like, oh my God, the Saints don't have a secondary. The Lions just lost lost Jeff Okuda for the the year. They sure did. Oh, I didn't even see that. Wow! 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 He bad. tore his Achilles. Mm. So he might never come back. And um, if the if the Packers can't move the ball on that Lions team, I am officially abandoning hope for the season and fully embracing the void.
2: Yeah, that's that's going to be a big problem. But this team also was not had no cornerbacks. They had one.
3: That's and, what I'm saying.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Let's move to the Twitter questions. Neil Olson asks: Defense was always going to be known as as a possibly poor a known entity based on a lackluster defensive coordinator hire. The bigger concern is now likely Rogers regression to pre 2020 spitefully playing poorly to stick it to management. So we've, we've kind of been over this, Um, but the, uh, you know, the the D coordinator, and I I think there's another question about how long Joe Barry's going (laughs) to last. Obviously one game isn't a big enough sample, but man, man, is he, that just did not work.
3: Joe Barry should never have come back from working with the lions.
2: Really shouldn't. So he
3: he should have been fired. What are we now like, twelve years ago, thirteen years ago?
2: (laughs) And to be clear, when we go back and what we talked about with Joe Barry, for those who don't remember, is is the problem was less about. It's not like there was a clear cut other option. Some of those guys were interesting. I'd say much more interesting. They 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 just were unknown commodities. Joe Barry is not. He has had he has a track record of badness. And he's got the it's felt like a nepotism hire or not necessarily a nepotism hire, but he's here because he had family connections in this game. And now he's able to sort of just keep rolling as a guy who was a coordinator once, maybe give him one more shot, a third shot, whatever. But, you know, he's had a couple shots before and it didn't work out. And, and And I.
1: he was hired. This is a nepotism hire for the Packers, too, because he was hired because Matt LaFleur has worked with him before and is comfortable with him. But not for anything. He's actually done track record wise. So. He's in the game because of nepotism, and this specific hire was nepotism, as were his previous two hires, also because of nepotism. And I I don't know, what's his leash going to be like? Because Lafleur's is probably more than a year, and I don't think he's going to move on from Joe Barry, certainly not during this season. So he's probably got a a decent leash because of nepotism also. So yeah, I think we're stuck with Joe for a while. Um it's it's a bad situation. By the way, I I ran um Aaron Rodgers' entire career based on adjusted yards per attempt, not not A N well, not NEA um because it's not available there. Anya. It hurt me to say it, yeah. Anya. Um and this was by adjusted yards per attempt the worst game of his career. Uh it was one point five four. He does technically have one game that is worse. Um a three to seven loss against the Lions in twenty ten. But he only threw 11 passes in that game. I'm pretty sure he was uh, injured or replaced partway through it.
2: He was, in fact, injured in that game. Yeah. Yep. So
1: for a game in which he played the whole game, this is the worst game he's ever had.
3: Mm. So this isn't necessarily playing spiteful. This is just he sucked out loud. Yeah. <laughs> because I... you can't you can't throw a fit and, and blame management for not getting you weapons or whatever when you underthrow the guy who wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. Absolutely. Mm.
2: Devante still looked good when he had the ball in his hands. He like did. he he, he wasn't able to do man, much he
1: was but yeah, dodging, yeah. It, it, yeah, and if, and if, a, dodging it,
3: and if a frog had on. wings, it wouldn't bump its ass when it hopped. You still gotta get him the ball.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. Uh I'm just saying Devonte looked good. Uh when in the briefest, briefest spurts we got I, to see I him love, function.
3: I love these silver linings. Like, you know,
2: Devonte. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta find something. Nate hey, Wolfell. Uh, w- Oh, go ahead. I was,
3: I was gonna say, what do you think had more downloads? Um, last week's podcast or the I hate Joe Barry podcast.
2: I don't know, man. I think this one will probably beat them both because people are yeah. still in that. You're this is a sweet spot of hope and like fury because there's so many games left. So people are still engaged. Hope, they haven't given hope,
3: up. Hope is a dangerous thing. It can drive a man insane. Jeez, what's up? What is wrong with you? Nate one more.
2: <laughs> I'm sure like ten people are going to ask this, but how much of Sunday's debacle do you attribute to lack of snaps for meaningful players in the preseason? Seems like an overly simple thing to, to blame, but in your estimation, was it a factor? Do you, can I go on my rant? Or yeah, do you want to rant? Me? Do it. All right. So here's my problem with the preseason thing. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, if a player gets hurt in the preseason, and, and this is not a secret, you've lost. Like if you lose one of your f- 12 best players in the preseason you've lost and that is why there is wisdom to not playing your players at all i get that the packers were one of very few teams that did it number two joint practices to me as they've been explained to me that is like a preseason game not only do you get your ones versus another team's ones twos versus twos etc you get to play them where they're throwing things at you that are in their playbook that you haven't seen before that you're not even going to see on a preseason night because teams are trying to keep things off of film. So the, what they got to do with the jets was, was a perfectly good preseason opportunity for the top players on this team. I mean, did you really think they were going to go out and all play against the Buffalo bills ones? Like is is one or two series that they would have gotten in that game. The difference that people think between this and a 38 to three game. I know people were bothered by this at the start when they had a slow start. I I, I also think, and they would have said this before, if, if, being sloppy to begin with costs you week 1. You will take that if it means you got you got their healthy, which they did for the most part. So, obviously, I don't I don't think that means playing one of the worst games in Packers history is is what you're going for there, but that's not because of that's not because of the lack of preseason snaps. You, 38-3 is not because of preseason snaps. There is a lot to discuss with what is wrong with this team and this game, but it is not. It is not the preseason. Yes, you could say there might be a little bit of rust to that but it would, it does not explain the difference in this game. That is that, There's more, but I, we'll keep, we'll keep it simple.
3: JR is real mad.
2: <laughs> I I just find that to be such a lazy critique that along it, it to me, it pairs with, and I like, no offense to the question asking it. Wolf. he's not, he's a, he's asking earnestly. This is a fair, it's a fair question. It's just when people are like, Oh, it's because they didn't play in the preseason. That's akin to, Oh, Aaron Rodgers should spend less time on commercials and more time reading the playbook. It's like, come the fuck on. It's not, it's, it's not as simple. It's not as simple as pointing to something obvious like that and saying, oh, they, they should just try harder. They should have been more engaged here or there. Like it's hard being a pro athlete and you got to give them rest wherever you can. And and the preseason does not matter. And I, I understand why people feel like it, it, it did, but they got what they needed to out of the preseason and out of those joint practices. And that's enough. That's just gotta be enough, especially with, with the bigger schedule and the, the condensed preseason to a degree with, only the three games that I had a week off anyway between the Bills game and this game.
1: Yeah, the one right, place it, it well, may matter a little bit is just offensive line continuity, because those guys do have to read off each other and, and make spontaneous adjustments. And there's a lot of chemistry involved in that position. But by and large, especially on offense, this is a veteran team that's played together for a very long time. And they should be clicking on all cylinders just after a few practices. This this isn't a bunch of rookies or new guys coming in. It's not a new scheme. It, it's, a, it's Matt LaFleur. It's all the same plays. Um, it, it's, I think, a very minimal factor as well. Preseason is mostly for looking at tape of the guys you don't know about. Uh, all the guys who played together before can get together pretty quickly and be on the same page. It's, it's just not that big a deal. They were just bad
3: for a lot of other reasons. Preseason doesn't matter. Nothing matters. We're all going to die. Eat Arby's. Eat
2: Arby's. <laughs> yep. You, there are probably some Arby's still in Kansas. What do you think? In, uh, um, okay, Moscow, so... In
3: Moscow, Kansas. <laughs> uh, currently, in Moscow, Kansas, there is nothing. In Hugoton, Kansas, there is one restaurant. Also, there is a subway. And 30 miles away, in Liberal, Kansas, there is a Freddy's. <laughs> all right.
2: Uh. Does the hotel have room service? <laughs> oh,
3: I'm, I'm currently I'm currently in a house. It's an eight-bedroom house in the middle of nowhere. Oh,
2: well, you wow. might have a fridge. Wow.
3: You can tell by my closet.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. that is not. No a one can closet. tell by your you
2: closet correct. because this is an audio medium, and you haven't taken pictures to put them on the internet where people can see what the hell is going on in your background, right?
3: I'm doing that right now. Of course you pick. are. Because
1: <laughs> JR told you to.
3: See this
2: brett smith says how long can we continue to roll out the same guys on defense and expect to improve hmm. kinda, i mean hit that
3: what's what's the definition of insanity
1: i hate that thing it, it, <laughs> it always gets attributed like to einstein or to somebody else who didn't actually say it it's <laughs> notice i did not attribute it
3: to anyone like, i know but i hate question. it anyway
2: you know my uh colleague jim higgins wrote a really interesting thing I, it was a review of a book of quotations great famous quotations and he had a bunch of them that were uh people connected to wisconsin some you know like gold of my year uh some some loose connections some strong ones vince lombardi's quote and i don't remember what it actually is but winning isn't everything it's the only thing he didn't say that or it wasn't quite like that
3: which winning I is very not a sometimes thing it's an all the time thing
2: is that what it was officially? And
3: unfortunately uh, winning is a habit and unfortunately so is losing okay i believe yeah. that's like the full quote there's a there's a quote that constantly gets attributed to lombardi that i don't believe is actually him it said like if you show me a good loser i'll show you a loser
2: yes 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 but that wasn't
3: him i don't or... think he actually said that no but it gets attributed to him a lot this is you know
2: it's similar to the great movie lines we, we've we so often mis- mispronounce or <laughs> not mispronounce but misinflect them well, or it, like it's times rock. like
3: these i remember the great simpsons quote i'll die before i surrender tim <laughs>
2: i wonder who tim was uh easy narc asks something i don't know anything about was greg jennings sister right yes
3: yeah apparently yes she was
1: (laughs) credit words too (laughs) (laughs) greg jennings sister
2: uh you know we've it's fine Jonathan deal uh this question feels like it's a repeat but I promise it isn't does our defensive line suck because of nepotism higher of a defensive coordinator believes in death by a thousand paper cuts or because our general manager believes in only having one good defensive lineman on the roster
1: yes yeah Uh, I mean that is the answer um I I do think that it was a, a an actual decision by the front office to skirt on that position a little bit and not invest enough in it and um, go with corners and edge rushers and punt on ILBs and just Kenny Clark plus Scrubs will be good enough. And in in the modern game, it's clearly not good enough. And the Packers are terrible at it. So I'm actually not sure that Joe Barry. Uh, you can't really scheme your defensive linemen to be good. It's you know they're there to either anchor space or or get push. And that's really just going forward as hard as you can. Uh, There's a lot more strategy around the edge guys, whether they, they, how they come at the quarterback, how they, how they trap people, things like that. So this is, I think, mostly on your front office for not investing properly. Um, But you know, it'd be nice if the defensive coordinator were a little better.
2: James asks, does Aaron Rodgers finding himself this offseason actually mean we'll see more self-described "fuck it" interceptions from him this season? Uh, You know, there, there is that crowd that. Always felt like he should throw more interceptions because I mean, he's taking risks than actually putting
1: specifically. <laughs> you know, getting, getting that more was Benjamin of Morris
3: of 538. Um, who, I, who listen, I listen here, listen here, didn't throw enough interceptions, people. And also, James, throwing a, a full yard behind a drag route that's eight feet in front of you is not an effort interception. That is an I suck out loud interception for no friggin' reason.
1: I, yeah, but he's like referring a, a, to Aaron's comments on the interception, which were. A little, uh, so at least a little bit, enlightening as to his mental state because Aaron, it's you shouldn't be doing that. You know, you should be making <laughs> calm, calculated throws that are designed to get you yards. And um, I don't like his his headspace going to. I don't care about this one. I'm just going to let it go and see what happens. It's not
2: good. It's bad. So it's Rex Grossman. That guy went to a Super Bowl. So. Yeah,
1: there you go. Pa-
3: Paul Paul Noonan of Acme Packing Company and the Shepard Express expresses his opinion on Aaron Rodgers. I'm not mad. I'm
1: just disappointed. <laughs> and also, ben, ben Morris was right about that. So that's fine, too. <laughs> oh,
3: oh, that's spicy,
2: kind of. I didn't see that, that is, coming. That, that is actually kind of
1: spicy. So uh, we, uh, this is. Uh, I'll make this very short. We, I, I wrote a Let's thing critical it. of him at the time. And uh, to to Ben Morris's eternal credit, he was very nice and engaged in uh, very um, like good, non-mean-spirited dialogue with me on it. And um, I still think on, on his first go-around, Aaron should throw more interceptions. There were enough extenuating circumstances with all of Aaron's non-comebacks that I, I, my case was pretty strong, but it persisted after that for quite a while. <laughs> and um, I, I actually went to bed at one point and said, like, oh, actually, you were right, he he doesn't take enough chances. And he actually said, eh, I've kind of rethought this too, and I, I think uh, I may have overstated it a bit. <laughs> So, you guys met in the middle, though. Everybody met in the middle and was happy. So, he, he's
3: Excellent. a good dude. But is Mitchell Trubisky the best quarterback in the NFC North? That wasn't that was Michael David Smith. Different I know, person. I just like deflecting to that all the time, whatever. And
1: that's it, it wasn't the best. It was if you take your contract into consideration, and Mitchell Trubisky was <laughs> coming off a very good year. It was also like Michael, also to his eternal credit, has that tweet up and will never take it down. He and should pin that tweet, he should pin that tweet. But it, it was not nearly as irrational as people make it out to be because rookie contracts are super valuable and Mitchell Trubisky did have a pretty good rookie season. It's just he flamed out after that for a variety of reasons. So and people forget at the time Aaron wasn't playing very good. Aaron under Mike at the end was playing quite poorly. So um anyway I'm glad Mike leaves that up and I he is uh uh <laughs> he's a bit of a bulldog on such things so um. That one's
2: good. Uh, Quentin Wetzel asks, which young and promising NFC North quarterback will take the bearded veteran starting job first? Justin Fields or Jordan Love? This is tongue-in-cheek, right? Because it's Justin
1: Fields.
3: Actually, but how great would it be if it was Love? <laughs> it would well, be
2: incredible! I mean,
1: <laughs> that would be... Oh, man. I mean, the only way Love's going to get it is if Aaron gets hurt. But, um, I mean, if they play Andy Dalton for, like, 10 games... Uh, wh- I mean, they'll be fired before that. That's not how long the leash is. So it's going to be Fields because um, if if they don't play Justin Fields halfway through the season, the coaching staff will be fired and the ownership will install him as the starting quarterback. Can, so, so yeah, it's Fields. Ima- but.
2: Can you imagine if Aaron Rodgers plays this way in week two? Because now you really have to ask yourself, what is going on? And it might be that he's hurt or something, but... That's not what people are going to yeah, make this happen. The only
3: thing that's hurt are his feelings.
2: I mean, after week two, if if he replicates this, and I don't think he will, but,
3: <laughs> man.
2: Damn
1: well, better not. It's the Lions.
2: Yeah. All right, let's go to Discord questions. Jerry Eldred. Uh, considering the quality of the Packers and the quality of the opponent, is this the worst loss of the Rodgers era? Also, did literally anyone on the roster have a good game? Rashawn Gary had a good game.
1: Corey Bayorquez, he had a good game. Oh, great! He had, home no, home. he had
3: that first punt. First was
1: punt wasn't great, but that, you know, at first punt jitters. Once they were out, he he boomed
3: it good. <laughs> well, well maybe this was just maybe this was first game jitters. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, was, was it the worst loss of the Rogers era? I mean, I think that loss to Arizona that got Mike McCarthy fired is awful bad.
3: That's so. Yeah, bad. I, I think I think the loss to Arizona was on purpose, though.
2: Uh, I think so too. I agree. I, uh, on purpose. It is hard I, not to I, shake that feeling.
3: I, I don't know. So, like, I, I I, still have, like, like cold sweat nightmares about the Denver loss just because it was, like, it happened right in front of me, being close by, watching the game with Broncos fans, and then watching that exact game plan be used over and over and over again. Yep. I think that was the worst loss of the
1: I Raptors think I, I agree with you on that. I think that one kind of set the tone for a real... Uh, down, down swing in Packer fortunes for a, a good long time. So I'm with
3: you on that.
2: Uh, Keg36 asks, were the snaps that love got any more valuable than preseason snaps? That's a good you question. You bet
3: your sweet Bippy they were. Absolutely.
1: Um, This was a, you might pull a couple starters starters um, that late in the game, but those are actual NFL players that are actually trying um, if not, for no other reason to get good tape out there for themselves um and you know it's not like they're concerned about losing at that point but you don't want to be the guy who gives up a late touchdown to the backup um so it was against much better players than he faced in the preseason putting forth much more effort than they do in the preseason in an actual real game with the uh you know at least some real offensive players around him too so, and he looked pretty good too a, a strip sack notwithstanding that was not great but he threw the ball. With touch, he he put some some really nice dimes out there, and Jordan had a pretty good game, much better than Aaron
2: did. Uh, we're down to our last question here. Kessner asks, "Will Joe Barry last the entire season at DC?" Like I mentioned, we
1: God,
3: I hope
2: not. But like you said, he's Matt Lafleur's guy. He's not gonna. I I mean, they, it would be a catastrophe situation if they just like cut the cord after game the, eight or nine. How
1: bad the would the they Joe have Barry hire? Um, like giving up like 35 a game is that even enough i don't know um they, they would have to be really bad to get joe berry fired i think like uh, like catastrophically like 40 point a game just aaron's actually playing well and putting up 35 point games and they're still losing routinely like that kind of thing would have to be going on um yeah uh, but cuz he's he's new he's going to have at least some leash he's matt's friend that's going to give him a longer leash unless the front office steps in and uh, i i just i don't see a scenario where he gets fired as long as there's some kind of plausible deniability on, Oh, I don't have my guys yet or, you know, some crap like that. So it's probably going to be a while. Not great, man. All right. That's all we got neat, neat and tidy, angry podcast. So that's good. Hey,
3: I, I still say the hire of Joe Barry causes me to doubt Matt LaFleur as a coach in his entirety. (laughs) <laughs> because if you can be that pants on head stupid about such a big decision who knows when you'll I don't know kick a field goal instead of going for it
1: I don't even well, know I if think I would it, describe it as stupid because yeah. this happens all the time people hire people they're it's comfortable cautious. with um, you know as a rule more than than the opposite and it's, it's bad you shouldn't do it you should decide things based on merit but especially in the NFL it is the norm. So um
3: well I think Matt LaFleur merits a what the hell Matt.
1: Yeah.
2: It's it's cautious, right? And I mean uh, it comes back to uh to kicking kicking it instead of going for the touchdown, right? Like that's, yeah. that's it is something almost every coach does, but it also it tells you that they're willing to think inside the box when when it might <laughs> call for something something different. Yep. That sucks. Think that's not what you want. Box
3: it's not great you know what i, I really love hiring c students
2: <laughs> i mean when jobs are on the line sometimes sometimes you defer to uh to the to the easier street i gotta say
1: yep oh alas well we get the lions next week um hopefully all is right with the world but man they gotta blow the doors off the lines to to fix a lot of
3: this so <laughs> if if the Packers lose to the Lions at home i'm shutting down the rest of the season the rest <laughs> of the season does not exist I don't the, care if they go if they go fifteen and two, and those are their only two losses. I don't care. It'll be, this it'll podcast be to is. Them.
2: We're just gonna we're gonna ramble at the beginning. You're gonna sh- chime in with my name's Matt, but you can call me Matub, and that's it. That'll you'll be out. Yeah,
3: it'll my just name's Matt, a but you can call me Matub. I've had four bourbons. Good night.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: gonna go play Madden, but not the Packers. Yes,
3: actually, I'm currently in playing Madden as the Jaguars because Fart McDuty was taken first overall. Oh, well, that makes sense. Sorry, he's got to play with Urban Meyer, though that sucks. Does he have uh, long well, flowing hair? Um, no, he does not. He has a very similar haircut to my own. Uh, he's six foot seven, weighs uh, two hundred and sixty nine pounds.
1: Of course, nice.
3: Uh, actually, he's he's sorry. He's six foot nine and weighs two hundred sixty nine. Even
1: nicer. I, um, I will say, I, Joe Barry will outlast Urban Meyer. That is one prediction I will make. <laughs> wow. Well, Urban Meyer is going to be, you know, in USC pretty soon, so.
3: <laughs> um but also fart mcduty calls his own place so urban meyer is not an issue all right great
1: six, all right nine,
3: Bef- before six, we get six, out jr <laughs> any any plugs you're 12
2: years old he is 12 years
1: old yes sir <laughs> 12. that's 12 Jeez. and drunk in kansas so
2: unbelievable that's
3: drunk that drunk, it, drunk in kansas is the name of my new emo ep
2: oh man that should be your memoir 12 and drunk in kansas <laughs> uh <laughs> Because twelve, Aaron Rodgers, it all comes together. Uh, so it's it's obviously uh, Brewers are going to be clinching here probably before our next podcast. We have a big thing up uh, that I wrote on the greatest moments of Ryan Braun's career. He announced his retirement on Tuesday, so that's obviously a, a topic right now. Brewers, uh, Brewers are going to lose tonight. I have a feeling, but uh, they'll still be they'll still be by the time this this ten game homestand wraps up, they'll be they'll they'll know a lot more about their playoff destiny. So. We're focusing a lot, a lot on that. I don't know if there's really much else in the Packers realm for me right now, with uh, with how Week One went. So, uh, so right now, right now, I turn my attention elsewhere for the time being.
1: Nice, Matt. Anything?
3: Breaking news: Amon Green thinks that Aaron Rodgers' time away in the offseason. is what caused them to lose. Oh well, good for Amon. Yeah, he just said that on CBS Sports. So
2: lazy, Amon. Come on, come on.
3: (laughs) so
2: just like that's not even that's not analysis that's just i needed to say something
3: yeah so quick quick little meat recap for me uh the traditional thing to say is it's not the meat i wanted but it's the meat that was there uh the judges were pretty harsh on squats so you had to bury everything so i squatted 185 kilos bench went okay bench 97 and a half but honestly i probably had 105 that day and then um, I deadlifted 215, and I failed 220 at the knees. So that's a 473-pound deadlift. It's a 20-pound PR. It was a pretty good day. Okay.
1: Well done. The end. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means, but it sounds good.
3: I pulled 473 pounds off the floor.
1: All right. Cool. Yeah. All I, right. I have an angry article up at the Shepherd Express. I'm writing something on how Mike McCarthy has... Um, a history of kicking short field goals when a touchdown would serve him better, um, which all of you know already because you watched the 2014 NFC Championship game, but uh, he did over his tenure lead the league in field goals under 20 yards. Um, Mason Crosby had 10, no one else had more than 9, and uh, yeah, the Packers actually lost quite a few of those games by something that a touchdown would have fixed, so um Keep an eye out for that if you want to be even more depressed than you already are. Uh,
3: So you're you're saying that one score games are usually luck until they're not, and they're Mark McCarthy. That is
1: right. That is exactly correct. Then it's Mike's fault. Fair enough. Anyway, um, hopefully we have better news next week. The Lions are quite bad. Uh, This may all turn itself around, and if it doesn't, (laughs) but uh, let's uh, let's hope we have better tidings next week. And until then, be a mini pod later this week and enjoy the game.